You're listening to the Bleak and Review Podcast. Who is that? Quarantine quickies. Quarantine quickies. If you listen right now, it's like you're right here with me. Bleak and Review. It's the quarantine kickies. Post up on your couch and watch little Nikki take a load off and wash your hands. Cause Kevin doesn't have a whole lot planned. It's quarantine quickies. Quarantine quickies. Don't go outside cause it's gross and icky. Oh, hello. Welcome back to the Bleak and Review podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Anderson. And this is, if you're tuning in for the first time, this is, I think, the only current events podcast hosted by an angry leftist white guy. I think, I think it's the first one. So welcome to this monumentous undertaking in podcast content. Happy Juneteenth, everybody, on the day this comes out. It will be Juneteenth, June 19th, 2020. Former date of a proposed Trump rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because life is a satire of itself. That has since been rescinded and moved to the 20th in a neighboring community, I believe. Nobody ever talks about the the smart things that the Trump administration does, you know? (laughs) Like, yeah, sure, like, you know... It's uh, probably the worst presidency we've ever seen in America, and the radicalized right-wing, alt-right movement has never been stronger or more emboldened to commit violence in the streets, and the country is uh, falling apart in terms of a health crisis that was poorly managed by the federal government. But like, we don't talk about the good stuff that the Trump administration did, like changing the date from June 19th to June 20th for a Nazi rally. You know, like, the, the, the awareness you got to have to do that, it actually speaks volumes to his character. <sighs> I don't even like doing that bit. I don't even like doing that. In case you didn't know, I'm sure everybody knows by now because we all seen Watchmen, but Juneteenth is a unofficial national holiday and an official Texan holiday uh, celebrating the reveal of the ideas expressed within the Emancipation Proclamation to the uh, slaves and slave owners in the great state of Texas. Only about two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation took place. But, you know, there wasn't a lot of Union troops in Texas, so uh, word got around slowly. It's kind of like a whole state full of your, uh, your great Aunt Helen who lives in the woods and doesn't get the Facebooks and so doesn't really know what's going on. <laughs> friend of mine, and a friend of the show, and friend of yours, certainly, you probably have heard things that he's been on, Tom Goss, very funny comedian. I saw him post something the other day about how his sister was uh, working in like a wildlife preserve or something like that, like out in the woods, essentially, with no w- connection to the internet for like weeks, like right around the George Floyd murder and protests that followed suit. Imagine re-entering society after like a month or whatever and just finding out like, oh, so I left and we were just in a pandemic and now literally the country is exploding with rage. It's very surreal. It's got to be the closest thing to like coming out of a coma in an apocalyptic time that we can even point to. I took a little bit of acid before this recording, not a whole tab, just like a quarter of a tab, microdosing. but uh, if I get a little loopy on it, that's why. I'm sure it'll still be just as focused as it's been in the last couple of weeks. 
but I'll probably be more pleasant. I probably won't yell as much. I'll probably be more snarky and like, hoo hoo, aren't I a clever little bitch? Who knows though? What's going on in the news? Oh my God, there's so many things <laughs> this week. I mean, it's hard to even cover everything that I always want to talk about because I end up just going down rabbit holes and yelling. But um, one thing that is good news, I guess, at least in my state of California, in the good old U.S. of A., our governor, Gavin Newsom, issued a mandatory mask order again for everybody, face masks, because as you may have heard, we're uh, not even close to out of the weeds on this, and people were trying to reopen. I know Florida tried to reopen recently and immediately saw a huge spike in cases and had to shut down again a week after. So, you know, good on you for taking the bullet for that one, but we all were telling you not to, so... <laughs> Some people just got to fucking touch the frying pan to make sure it's hot, right? Isn't that how the <laughs> the old adage goes? Some people got to call the pot black when they're a kettle. You know what I mean? Some people throw rocks in glass houses just to see if, uh, if it makes them feel. What? What am I talking about? Who could care? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a thing where, again, I, I've I keep mentioning this, but I, I definitely live in a quote-unquote echo chamber because everybody that I know and interact with online, whether they're like personal friends of mine or just people that I follow, I would say 90% of these people are like, yeah, just fucking wear your mask. It's not that hard. It's not, a, it's not your liberties being curtailed, <laughs> you know? It's a health crisis. Like, could you imagine, like, like it's like if in the, the time of the bubonic plague, People were like, well, don't, I don't want you to take diseased corpses from my home and burn them in a pile far away from society so to, as to reduce the risk of spreading the disease. Because that's, I want to have an at-home funeral <laughs> and you can't step on my rights despite how much they are endangering the rest of my neighborhood or my country. These fucking anti-maskers, Jesus Christ. You see them out there protesting like, I don't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna. And then, you know, something of actual merit comes along. And the only thing these motherfuckers have to say, and of course, you know, you've all seen this or, or heard this concept, but as soon as, you know, Black Lives Matter protests start happening, they're like, oh yeah, what about your quarantine? I guess it's not real after all. It's like, no, maybe uh, uh, we didn't see a spike in cases after the Black Lives Matter rallies. Uh, probably because everybody on our side was wearing their masks because we're not fucking morons. And uh, that's all you have to do to not do it. And that's too much to ask of you. It's too much to ask that you maybe, you know, let your hair grow long or give yourself a buzz cut at home and not go, you know, out in public for a while. And when you do, you know, just wear a mask, please. That's too much for you. You can't, you can't do that because that's a... That's a that's an infringement upon your upon your rights, fucking baby. Now places like Orange County and uh, I don't know whatever the version of Orange County is in whatever state or country you live in. Everyone's got that place. It's just like a little hub of stupidity and and hate. Not to say that everybody that lives there is like that, but it seems to be concentrated in those areas, and they're the ones that are really really angry about having to wear their masks. And it just speaks volumes to privilege. That's all it does. It's like the, it's the equivalent of 
a uh, spoiled 16-year-old for their sweet 16 birthday party getting a uh, blue Corvette, and they wanted a red Corvette. And so they're going to run over their fellow countrymen in the blue Corvette to prove a point. They're going to murder a bunch of people because they're not happy with the way that their specific situation ended up. Fucking babies. In other news, of course, uh, maybe not of course, maybe you didn't hear this one, but I feel like he's a big enough douchebag that's reviled on the internet that maybe most of you have heard already. But uh, Chris D'Elia, noted Hollywood nepotism recipient Chris D'Elia, was outed as a groomer of underage women this week. And in the same report I'm getting from Obviously News, uh, turns out that grass is also green and uh, masks don't cause diseases. Those are three things I learned from the same obvious report. (laughs) Of course Chris D'Elia is a fucking scumbag. Not only did he play two different pedophile-type characters on two different shows, Workaholics and the show You, but uh, he's also got rich parents. You know, they're producers in Hollywood or something to that effect. He's had an insane meteoric rise in stand-up with several Netflix specials and, and TV credits. Not really earned, certainly. His comedy is pretty bad. Uh, if you like it, that's okay. I was also 16 at one point. And it speaks volumes to uh, find out that he's trying to fuck 16-year-old girls because that's exactly where... He, that's how much he's developed mentally. <laughs> and part of me, like... And this is not to say like he doesn't deserve to be dragged through the fucking dirt as being a creep, but part of me does think that because he had rich Hollywood parents and he never really had to work for anything, that he maybe just didn't develop emotionally, you know? And that's why he's stunted like this and and is a creep. And that's not an excuse. I think that's just um, bad parenting, definitely. I'm sure his parents aren't good people. (laughs) Don't know anything about him other than they have money, so they probably aren't great. And then, uh, yeah, so a couple women came forward. A couple, I mean, a bunch of women on Twitter came forward. Young women, of course, you know, 16, 17 years old is the general range, from what I understand, or at least when the incidents took place, with screenshots of text exchanges of Chris D'Elia trying to fuck, you know, when he was touring as a touring comedian, being bad in a bunch of different states, trying to sample the, the local crime pussy. <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever said. Oh, no. Can we scratch that from the record? No, I got to keep it in. I think that the uh, the wording was funny. And, uh, you know, it's really cool that, like, one person was brave enough to come forward, and then a bunch of other people were, you know, inspired by that to come forward, and that's what the Me Too movement's all about. And even though we're in the middle of, you know, some other crazy shit that's going on, it's important to remember that that shit's still uh, really important to talk about, too. On the same day or the day after, Danny Masterson was finally charged with uh, several counts of sexual assault, which, you know, the guy Hyde from That 70s Show, noted Scientologist and a uh, uh, guy who assaults women and shouldn't ever be uh, allowed to do anything ever again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's weird to, like, for me to, like, I took, like, you know, an evening off of my uh, militant Black Lives Matter, you know, brain to, you know, just shift my focus towards hating Chris D'Elia for about an evening just because it is equally important. I mean, it's not, I, they're, they're equal and different. It's, it's two completely, like, two different causes, but they're all rooted in the same shit, which is inequality, uh, systemic inequality, and against 
you know, groups that have historically been targeted, black people, women, black women, etc. And then a uh, noted fucking piece of shit, Neil Brennan, <laughs> you know, the guy who made his career off of following Dave Chappelle around, he, he came to Delia's defense. If you didn't see this tweet, oh my God, he deleted it. Uh, but I have a screenshot of it and it's on my Facebook and you could probably find it on the internet all over the place. But he basically said, and this is paraphrased, but this is exactly the sentiment contained within. I don't like assaulters, but it, I will donate $1,000 per victim if anyone can prove to me that Chris D'Elia did what they're saying he did. Until then, don't call my friend a pedophile. Uh, he was promptly dragged through the fucking dirt on that and deleted it and then just reposted a, I don't know, I just believe in due process, which is the fucking whitest guy on the internet thing to say about anything is the like the shrugging shoulders like just to be devil's advocate uh can anyone actually prove this because i won't donate to this group until somebody proves that this guy even though there was like a ton of ex like text messages like and 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 screenshots out and available for his perusal uh he needed some women presumably to come forward and explain to him and prove to him specifically Without, you know, and let him be the arbiter and the judge of whether or not it was uh, uh, statutory rape or, or attempted statutory rape. He, he would be the arbiter of that. And then if he deemed it to be fair, he would then relinquish some of his money to help people who have been abused for their whole lives. And that's just so brave of you, Neil Brennan. Oh, my God. What a fucking ally you are, you fucking garbage person. Fucking... <laughs> Hello, this is Kevin Anderson from the Bleak and Review podcast that you're currently listening to. Just taking a quick interruption here in the middle of my tirade to let you know that this episode is sponsored by continued support of marginalized groups in America. Specifically this week, numerous nonprofit groups that exist to benefit the trans community and more specifically the black trans community. So go ahead and check out uh, the link I've provided in the episode description for a comprehensive list of over 50 nonprofits from ActBlue that you can support with one-time or continuing donations to help people who probably have less than you. And now back to the episode because I'm on drugs and this ad, this ad read is not going well, <laughs> but you should definitely support these things and continue to be a good person thanks anyone like that in your feed that's like devil's advocate you know it's always white dudes sometimes it's white women but it's usually white people like devil's advocate here or just to just to just to play around with your actual struggle you know like because it's fun and it's an amusing hypothetical for me to think about what it would be like to not be a white guy uh, so why can't I just posit my wild bullshit here for a second and make you have to defeat all of my straw man arguments and all of my logical fallacies? It's essentially it's essentially making somebody do mental labor like they're fucking dancing for you. Like that's 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 what you're saying. You're saying dance for me and show me justify why you feel outraged to me, even though I don't necessarily think you're wrong. I would like you to prove it to me while I sit back cross my arms and have, you know, 
slave princess Leia, feed me grapes. Like I'm some fucking job of the hut ass bastard. It's so gross. It's so gross and it's so prevalent. These are usually the people that you see in common threads also that love to let you know when they think a specific police officer shooting where they murdered a, a black person, where they, where they go, well, actually, this was justified because this, that, and that. And so he was allowed to do that. So, um, yeah, check, please. Like, even though they're wrong most of the time, because as we often forget, police aren't supposed to murder guilty people either. Even if the person had a criminal past or maybe they had a knife on them or they had some drugs on them. Uh, two things that you can't kill somebody for. You're not allowed. If somebody has cocaine on them, you can arrest them. I think that's bullshit too because drugs should be free and available. Uh, but <laughs> they shouldn't be free. You should still have to pay for them, but they shouldn't be illegal. Um, you, can't, you can't do that. Uh, if, if, certainly if somebody's running away from you, you can't murder them. But these white guys usually uh, showing up in people that I vaguely know from Central California's comment threads on Facebook, not people that are directly uh, connected to my account. They like to show up and let you know, uh, well, this person actually, when he went for the taser, that gave the officer uh, the rights to, to shoot him. It's like, yeah, that's the fucking problem. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about qualified immunity. Qualified immunity is... Exactly that. It is, well, it's a cop, and technically they were justified because of bullshit, bullshit laws that end human life all the time. Yeah, you just want, like, if, you, if you're just going to go around and try to debunk every police shooting, even if you're right or not, you know, in, in your mind, and you're not focusing on the bigger issue, which is uh, we've had multiple lynchings in this country in the last week, and as of this recording, I believe uh, Robert... Was it Robert Fuller, Fulton? Oh, I, I feel bad. I forgot his name right now. But a man in uh, Palmdale who was uh, strung up from a tree by the neck to death in a public park. That happened about a week ago. And as of this recording, his brother, his stepbrother, I believe, was just shot by the police as well. Palmdale, also a community known to have uh, neo-Nazi strongholds. Antelope County also. And... You you want to you want to sit there and debunk case by case whether an officer was justified to shoot people or do you want to actually open your fucking eyes and look at what's happening which is we're having we're having and have had lynches in the past Ahmad Aubrey that's a lynching they didn't use rope but that's a lynching two guys just shot a man in the street for being black and uh, you know good thing they were arrested we'll see what happens I haven't heard an update on that case in a while maybe I'm just missing something plus you know. President Trump uh, took to Facebook with a bunch of sponsored ads using known Nazi imagery. The upside down red triangle that he put on the we're going to root out the anti-fascists, the Antifa terrorists, quote unquote. Those ads that you saw circling around and screenshotted everywhere. And I'm sure you know this already. But if you don't, I'm telling you and I'm going to keep talking in this inflection because I've gone on too long. And now the bit has to keep going. That is what Nazis use to label anti-fascists in the camps. It's just, that's just history. So don't fucking sit there and debunk cop shootings unless you, whenever you're doing that, you either have uh, been hit in the head with a brick and so you don't think right. And, you know, that's, that's, I'm sorry that happened to you. You know, I really do. My heart goes out to you. 
or you kind of low-key support what's going on and you want it to stay the same. You want cops to keep getting all the money and uh, keep doing whatever they want to make your white ass feel safe while they destroy everything that you don't think uh, fits into your white supremacist worldview. That's kind of what it is. And you can, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that like there are anybody like that listening now. Like this is, this is the epitome of an echo chamber <laughs> right now as I am talking to only people who agree with me for the most part. Unless my brother like tunes in, who knows? But I doubt that's not going to happen. And I don't think he supports white supremacists. I just don't think he uh, watches the news like I do and doesn't really know. He's more concerned about the economy, which is, you know, what most uh, people that aren't Trump supporters but like to do that, um, again, the devil's advocate thing of like, well, you got to admit the economy is pretty good under Trump. It's pretty good, right? Right? Like, yeah, it's kind of fucked up how like, you know, uh, the Confederacy is trying to rise again and stuff, and uh, racism's back and never been better than ever. Uh, but it's kind of, you know, you got to admit, it's pretty good for about six corporations, you know, out there. And and we're all going to get a piece of that someday. We're all going to get, that's the, that's the thing, is because eventually I'm going to be a billionaire. And so he's a guy that's making it good for uh, the future me, because I'm going to be a billionaire. And then then I'll be happy. That's when I'll be happy. There's a certain There's a certain amount of commas you get in your bank account. And then once you hit that amount of commas, uh, then you just you get to smile all the time. It's great because uh, my life revolves around currency, not human experiences or or love or or caring for one another, trying to trying to absorb and create as much art as possible and and examine the human condition. No, it's like for me, it's like I like the idea of having a house and healthcare, enough space where I never have to talk to anybody. <laughs> I think that's what they always say. Like. If you meet a, a young person who's not uh, liberal, they're heartless, or they don't have a heart. And if you meet an old person who's not conservative, they don't have a brain. Like the idea is like everyone's liberal when they're young, but then you grow up and you realize that you need to hoard money and isolate yourself from the struggles of people around you. That's what. That's all it is. That's what. That's what uh, the American dream has become. It used to be like, hey. Hey, I got a house and I got some kids and I never see them and it's awesome. <laughs> but now it's just like I want to make enough money so I don't have to fucking care about anybody ever again and just do my own thing and fuck everybody else. That's that's the idea, I think. I don't know. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I think the acid is kicking in a little bit. Not that I, I feel any different. Microdosing has been very helpful for me. Uh, I've been doing a lot of drugs lately. It's not great. Since last week's episode, I um, had a birthday. I had a birthday. I turned 30 on June 13th. Thank you very much for all your kind words. Some of you, some of you said stuff. Not my best birthday, I will say. <laughs> Possibly in my top uh, five uh, worst. Not that anything in particular happened, but that's exactly it. Nothing in particular happened. I sat at home alone, nursing a egregious hangover because I did a bunch of drugs and drank a bunch the night before, you know, to hit midnight and have my birthday happen. And then I kind of just sat around and felt bad all day, but I still had like a lot of leftover drugs, uh, including the acid I'm taking now, microdosing though, you know, just doing it in lieu of antidepressants until I maybe get a job in the next few weeks, fingers crossed, because you know, no health insurance, et cetera. But yeah, it's a weird way to start the fourth decade is like the amount of shit I packed into my 20s, like my 20s started with me in college, you know, being kind of a fucking idiot drinking a lot, smoking a lot of cigarettes. I think I did acid for the first time around 20 or 21, maybe. 
burned myself with cigarettes on a dare, still have those scars looking at them right now. And then now, now to be starting my 30s with a mandatory mask order and a, a quarantine, a global quarantine that's been going on upwards of four months now, an unprecedented civil uprising and the worst president that will ever go down in our history books. Like, and it's like, not, it's so hacked to even say, like, that's how, like, whenever I hang out with my neighbors upstairs, they're good kids, but they're all like, you know, in their early twenties and stuff. They're all like recent college graduates and we play poker sometimes. And I try not to talk politics with them because it's frustrating, but <laughs> whenever it's like, oh, I can't believe that, that. Like, it's that thing of like, we're, I think it's a John Mulaney joke where he goes, we're way past like, isn't it crazy that that's our president? Like, I can't even, like, when I see people post stuff like that, they post, like, the article about whatever wild-ass shit Trump did that day. And they're like, this guy needs to go. I'm like, yeah, I know. But we're, we've been saying that for four years. I don't know what else you hope to accomplish by just posting this stuff. But it is very frustrating. And I understand why people need to scream it to the abyss. Because what else can you do, honestly? Like, that's the thing is like, even though I'm like donating stuff like to act blue organizations and trying to, you know, force, cause I'm living on unemployment. I'm forcing the government to pay for a progressive action through the unemployment checks they're sending me. That does make me feel pretty good. But like, even though I'm doing that and I was, I've been marching a few times and protesting and bringing supplies to protests, signing all the petitions, sharing information, trying to do what I can, spreading awareness, I still just, I still feel like, and this is probably just because I'm on drugs, <laughs> but I feel like it doesn't, I, I don't feel like I have a voice sometimes. Like when, when it really was solidified when Trump's, you know, got to, to win without, when you hear a president wins the presidency while losing the popular vote, you just go, so what the fuck is the point? And it's hard to get out of that mindset, but I do think it's important to focus on the change that is being made which is certain cities are already making big strides to defund their police departments like Minneapolis and Los Angeles, I believe, is now you know, considering it. Places have done it. Camden, New Jersey did it, and they're doing pretty good. Like, this isn't a radical idea when you consider that it's happened in this country already. And I believe a few years ago, there was a, a lax period of policing in New York City, and crime rates didn't increase. That's the thing is everybody on your Facebook wants to come at you with, uh, what, so you want no cops, huh? You want no cops anywhere? You just want you just want lawlessness? Is that it, huh? I think I got you. Checkmate. Ha, 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 ha. Cops are important and necessary. We need to give them all the money. Fuck teachers. Fuck food. Fuck everything else. We need to give all our money to cops because they make me feel safe. Whenever they say that shit, you just go, hey, guess what? Uh, A, defund the police doesn't mean eliminate the police. It means significantly reduce their role in society and replace the shit that they're not qualified to do, i.e. deal with mentally ill people, deal with substance abuse victims and other things of that nature, nonviolent crimes, drug dealers, etc. You have different social programs set up for that and you let the cops actually police shit that needs it. Like when there's, you know, a bunch of uh, right-wing militia standing outside with loaded AK-47s or AR-15s because they're hoping some uh, black protesters will while out so they get an excuse to shoot. That's the shit that cops need to be dealing with, not fucking protecting them as they march. <laughs> All right. So this wasn't a funny episode, but um, 
that's okay. It doesn't always have to be funny, right? Uh, I will leave you with a few recommendations of things uh, that I've been watching uh, in case you're looking for content. I will say Da Five Bloods on Netflix, the new Spike Lee movie, is phenomenal. Yeah, uh, The Five Bloods, it's incredible. It's partially a documentary about Vietnam, partially a kind of a heist movie, uh, like in an Apocalypse Now setting with flashbacks. Uh, Delroy Lindo is phenomenal in it, and it's an Oscar-worthy performance, and if he doesn't at least get nominated, I'm going to break some shit. Uh, I highly recommend it. That's really good. I know it's you know two and a half hours, but you got time. What are you doing? <laughs> Unless you're an essential worker. If you're not, if you're not an essential worker, you better be watching this shit. And if you are an essential worker, you know, have somebody summarize it for you. <laughs> I also watched uh, the King of Staten Island the other night because I needed a break from uh, constant bombardment of my own brain with uh, documentaries about systemic oppression which is mostly what I've been watching the last two weeks, you know, 13th, I Am Not Your Negro, and uh, LA 92 are all documentaries that are very worth your time if you're uh, curious about learning more about the the rich, rich history of uh, American injustice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I watched The King of Staten Island, and it was uh, incredible. It's one of the Judd Apatow's best things in a long time. And uh, a friend of a friend of mine... Uh, co- uh, wrote, a, wrote on it, was one of the writers of it and it's exciting to see that it got made after a ton of time and it's a really heartfelt story, Bill Burr's really good in it, Pete Davidson's really good in it uh, it will probably make you cry if you've got uh, dead dad issues but other than that uh, it's a really good movie and I highly recommend it. I was pretty drunk when I watched it so I might have missed some stuff, I kind of want to rewatch it but you know initial reaction, good shit is what I would say uh, and so that's about it <laughs> for this week's episode. Again, um, you know, we're still kind of in the throes of some some valleys from peaks and valleys fame, dealing with some mental health stuff, still having consistent therapy, which is helping, and uh, microdosing LSD has been helping too. So keep an eye out for more Bleak and Review Patreon episodes with guests and regular stuff in a second, but... I don't know. I, I still think this is more important to just talk about this kind of stuff than to 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 riff whimsically with my friends right now. Maybe you feel differently, and that's okay. If that's the case, you know, uh, we'll be back soon. And just I hope you 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 keep you keep on keeping on. <laughs> also, uh, go listen to if you're a Unpop's Patreon subscriber. Go ahead and check out. I don't know when it's coming out, but I recorded an episode of the Burner Phone. Today with Adam, with old ATB, you know who he be. And uh, some of you called in and I talked to you and it was nice to chat with you guys about a wide variety of subjects and I hoped more, I hope for more opportunities to do that again in the future because it's nice to get nice comments through text, but to hear your lovely voices and you're saying nice things about me and the network that I appear on, that always, uh, that always brightens my day. So, you know. Keep doing that. <laughs> and again, you know, if you want uh, to donate but you don't know where to donate and you trust me to donate for you, go ahead over to uh, patreon.com slash bleakandreview and sign up because all the money from my Patreon for the foreseeable future is going to uh, help uh, marginalized groups and stuff. I think this week's – I mean, you probably heard a little ad break for it already, but I think this week's uh, sponsor is um, a series of uh, black trans uh, – 
nonprofit groups that you can support because black trans people are, especially black trans women, are the most uh, routinely targeted with hate crimes and, and, you know, violence and sexual abuse in the country. And it's the most, it's the group that's been devastated the most. We'll say it that way. That's a way to describe it. So that's what I'm probably going to be donating to this month as well. So, you know, if you want me to do that for you, I could do that. Or if you want to do it on your own, I'll probably have some links in this episode like I talked about already. And you can follow me at KB Anderson Yo, where I am occasionally funny on Twitter and Instagram um, when I'm not retweeting militant activism posts. And uh, you have a great weekend. Happy Juneteenth again. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.